everyone. I'm Chris White. And I am Stevens Brown. And we are from Tap Pest Control Installation. Thank you guys very much for downloading our podcast. And we appreciate you took some time to listen to us today. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be back. I know we, we had a little bit longer of a time in between our last episode than we normally like to take. But uh, glad to get this one out there. We're, we're definitely in our busy season. Yeah, yeah, we've been doing trainings back to back, and it's all virtual now, so a whole new way of doing things. But uh, we're uh, making the best of it, trying to be innovative and having a little fun at the same time. So, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so this week, let's. Uh, I know this is a discussion and phone call. We get a good bit, Chris. So let's let's talk about choosing the right machine. You know, we we both get a lot of calls from guys asking, you know, what they should buy. So what what's kind of your your go to talk track there so to speak yeah well i mean you got to take a look at uh some of the questions that i like to ask take a look at you know what their expectation is for you know for using tap and you know what uh you know how big do they want to grow with tap you know some some companies i talk to are yeah you know i want to i want to be able to offer it and have it as an option and um you know, but I, I'm probably not going to push it very often. If, if someone asks for it, I got it. You know, maybe I'd be lucky to have a job or two a month. Yeah. And now that's that's kind of on the rare side where you find someone that says that. But in, in that case, I you know I tend to go to the smaller machine. It's a less you know less investment. It is a slower machine. So we're talking um, you know Crendel is is our machine partner, um, and I would go toward the 425, which is probably just under 50 bags per hour. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that'd be the one I would, I would go to there. Now, if you get someone who's asking, uh, who's, who really wants to grow the business, you know, they want to do something like, hey, we're going we're gonna to offer this uh, tap to every job we can. We really see an opportunity here. Um, you know, we're really going to try to push this thing. Then, then you want to get into... The, the bigger machines, the 575 PCO, which is the new one that we just came out with this year. Yep. Um, 93 bags per hour. Um, or, you know, the old stay, you know, the, the old stay safe there, the, the 475, which was the go-to for many years before the 575 came out at about 70 bags per, uh, per hour. So. Yeah. And, and just so the listeners know out there, the 575 was, with the, the 575 PCO is pretty much designed for us. And it's, I mean, as far as, as far as an insulation blower out there that's designed for, you know, household power use, it's, I'm pretty sure it's the, 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 the best production rate you can get. Yeah, absolutely. The, um, at 93 bags, uh, using just standard house power. It's a, it's a great machine for that. You know, personally, Steven, if anyone asks me, I always, I go right to the 575, not, not because it's um, you know it's the newest machine, but it, because of the the production of it, the, you know the ability to grow into that machine and, and uh, be successful. I mean, you, you think about the 425 versus the 575. It's you know you're, you're getting half the production out of that 425. Why wouldn't you spend a few, you know, a little bit extra to get that machine that you can you can grow with? Yeah, totally. I mean, I've, I've even had, you know, several conversations with some guys and typically it's rare, like you said, but they'll say, Hey, we come across these jobs every now and then we want to offer tap, but basically only when the customer asks us, you know, like you said, one or two a month. And I said, Hey, you know, 425 will suffice. That's all you need. They get it. They love it. But then they quickly kind of change their tune and they say, Hey, 
we can sell way more tap jobs than we, you know, originally planned and thought, you know, we need to upgrade, upgrade to a new machinery. You know, we, we, we're seeing some higher, higher production jobs and I'll say, ah, well, you know, there you go. Yeah. I've, I know what you mean. I, you know, and I warn people against that. I say, you know, if you really are going to go that route, you just think you're going to do one or two. Yeah. The 425, but if in the back of your mind, you can, you know, you think you're going to grow this, then you've got to look at a bigger machine because I mean, think about it. You're, you're going to spend about $8,000 for the larger machine. You're going to spend about, you know, what is it about 4,000 or so. Yep. For the smaller one. So you get the smaller one and then all of a sudden you're growing six months later and now you need the bigger one. Well, now you've got a combined investment of about $12,000 where you should have, you know, you could have gotten out of it for the $8,000 and, you know, been happy the entire time. Yeah. You know? With, with plenty of room to grow too. Chris, speak a little bit to every now and then I get a guy who will call me and, you know, relatively medium to large size company they say hey we're doing great with this i want i want a huge machine you know i want a pto driven or a you know a diesel engine or a gas engine machine blowing machine out there what what's your what's your take on that yeah i get i get that question a lot you know we're doing mostly attics and we're doing residential attics so you know the the 575 is always uh it's going to be the best production and the best that you have now can i get a a bigger machine that'll do more production. Sure. I can get to Like you said, a, a gas machine, PTO driven. That's where it's driven right off the engine of the truck. They sound great and all that, but you, you're not going to be able to blow that material in a residential at it at full power. Yeah. So you're going to have to dial that machine back to about the same as a 575. And, you know, at that point, you're going to be spending, you know, at least $20,000 on, on a big piece of equipment that you've got to dial back to what an $8,000 piece of equipment can do. So really, if you want to get more production out of it, the answer isn't a bigger machine. The answer is multiple machines on the job site. Yeah, no, I, I totally, I totally agree. I, I, I can't move fast enough in an attic to take advantage of one of those massive machines. It's just, it's not possible for, for me. <laughs> so yeah. And I mean, it's going to, the, the way the, comes out of there with the pressure that has behind it, it's bouncing off the ceiling. Yeah. You know, and, and that's not the way you want to insulate an attic. So that's the way you got to turn them back. And, um, yeah, definitely. It just doesn't work. Definitely found most efficient to, to operate with the, the 575, 475 area. Well, let's, let's, let's switch gears and talk, uh, and talk technical. And so I'm going to, I'm going to throw this statement. I'm going to leave it open-ended for you because I've, as we've gotten into our busy season again, ventilation has come up. And so I'm just going to give you this statement. I want you to run with it. So ventilation is blank. Extremely important. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, many homes are, are built with ventilation in the attic currently. Um, but the thing we have to remember is if we're filling up the attic again, um, is that you could be blocking off a lot of that ventilation. So, First of all, in any attic, you, you, you want to make sure we're walking around the outside of the house first because you can see uh, attic ventilation typically from the outside, right? Because that's where it's going. Yep. So you don't, you don't have to be inside the attic. So you walk around, you look under the soffits for any soffit venting. Sometimes it's continuous. Sometimes it's just, uh, you know, every, every few feet. But the, um, and then you can look for the ridge line. And then you can look for off-ridge vents. And you can look for gable ends. And anything that allows the air to kind of move through that attic, you want to identify. And, you know, it's a rule that 
rule of thumb is to have an upper and lower ventilation. Yeah. So, so talk talk to me talk to me a little bit about baffles, how those work, you know, why we install them, um, and, and the difference between you know, let's say my house already has them, or if they don't have them, kind of how to look at that. Yeah. So you know, typically, I you know, I, I always refer to my house. I have a very old home, so I, you know, I have uh, I had ventilation put in. Uh, you know, they, they, of course, back when they built this house, they didn't know about all that kind of stuff. So it was put in later. And um, on that soffit now, they, they insulated the attic and, and it was under insulated. But there were no baffles because the insulation on the floor didn't didn't go into the soffit vents at all. So there was no need for it. Yeah. But now that we get into uh, the Department of Energy numbers and, you know, I live in an area where R60 is, is uh, you know, it's between R49 and R60. Yeah. So I, I put it in R60. If I do that on the floor, it's going to overflow right into that uh, soffit vent. So what I have to do is add baffles in there. Those baffles allow that air to communicate from the soffit vent above the insulation that I've installed and not plug it up so that we continue to have that air movement through the attic. And, you know, some people, especially homeowners, when, you know, <laughs> we've all heard, you know, oh, I can, I can insulate my attic myself, you know, and they go in there, they weekend warrior gets, gets that little machine they go up there and they just start blowing insulation everywhere the next thing you know their roof's rotting out or they got mold and mildew growing in there because they never continued to have that uh, ventilation <laughs> yeah. you know it's vital it, that you have that air communication through there oh yeah no doubt well well let me ask you this because this is a common question we get to you know i get a lot of the install guys saying hey you know do we have to put a dadgum baffle in every single you know rafter space or, or joy space what's what's the general rule of thumb there well the, the general rule is is having um about every other is works fine um you you want to take a look at the attic and see where you know what kind of um is a continuous event is it just uh you know little two inch holes plugged in there it really depends on what that is the rule is to have uh, one square foot for every 300 um so you you want to you can, you can add all that up, you know, you can add up your the ventilation amounts. I, I had to put in uh, some vents on, on mine, uh, uh, more or less like a gable. And yeah, I just had to make sure I had enough uh, space through there before I started drilling holes through the side of my house. Um, so I, I did that. I, I did just basic round holes through those to get the attic uh, breathing. And I did uh, multiple to allow that to come through kind of a retrofit. But the, um, you know the same type of thing every other is typically fine yeah. that will that will meet the requirements so you don't have to crawl under every single space yeah try to get those no doubt yeah i typically just tell them the general rule of thumb is you know yeah just like you said one square foot of ventilation for every 300 um and if you can get just like you were saying if, if i take that exterior perimeter lap around the house and i can see some soffit vent you know continuous or space gable vents ridge vent that kind of thing you know i know that that house has pretty good ventilation as is so i just need to maintain maintain it allow it to breathe so yeah that's a lot of what we're doing is um typically the you know the house has been there for so long we're retrofitting going into a home we're not doing it brand new so it typically has the requirements already built into the house we just want to make sure that we see that and we're uh, making note where it is and then continuing it as we do that in install yep. so we just want to make sure we we see that and especially with the soffits and the baffles you know 
there's there's two types of baffles. Actually, there's more than that. There's there's a few types yeah. of baffles out there, different styles and things. We typically have the cardboard and the uh, styrofoam. Yep. And uh, yeah, tell a little bit about the pros and cons. Yeah, I mean, a fan of both, honestly, and and I think it's a good idea to to keep both kinds on the truck. Um, I will tell you, you know, our, our cardboard. Uh, baffles are designed they basically got perforated panels and whether you have you know 24 inches on center or 16 they are designed to to fit that to spec pretty closely so if you you know if you're in the attic and you you can tell that it's a a truss built house meaning the trusses were built off-site then delivered there you know typically the cardboard fits those sections very well uh, and and they're easy to install you can you bend them basically right on the perforated panels they have nice little tabs that stick out over um, that joist section, so you can just hammer staple them right in. Um, good fans of that. They, they may, they might be a little bit more. I would say the structural integrity might be a little bit stronger than our our uh, styrofoam baffles. Um, you know, the styrofoam baffles kind of come. You can kind of get two out of one. A lot of people don't know they're perforated down the middle, so you can you can break them in half. Um, but they're, they're definitely lighter, easier to to carry and move, I would say in an attic space with the styrofoam, um, you know, and they're, 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 they're easy to put into, you know, they're not as strong, I would say, you know, when you hit them with the hammer stapler, but, uh, both, both do an adequate job, I would say. Yeah. It becomes, like you said, it becomes a, a preference as to, yeah, if you can get those, uh, cardboard ones up there and they're easier to use and you know, you've got the space and you want to carry them up. And then you have the tighter spaces where the styrofoam might work because it's a little bit lighter and you're able to get them through there and work with them. Um, you know, there's definitely advantages. There's also plastic ones, like the polyplastic. Yeah. And um, those are those are nice as well. Much yeah, more expensive. Yeah, a lot more expensive. Uh, very, yeah, very durable. Um, but they tend they also tend to have, uh, um, instead of the blocking, you know, a lot of times if we're putting in the cardboard or we're putting in the, the styrofoam, uh, you have to put a blocker in of like a, a fiberglass or something to to block the insulation from being blown into the soft yep. itself. And the plastic ones have it yep. built on, so you just kind of wrap it around. Um, that blocks it uh, for any insulation coming in there. So it does a does a great job for that. So you're not just using scraps like we normally yep. would, but um, you, know, you, you pay for that uh, for that luxury too. So no. So good. So, hey, I think we got a couple of questions. Um, and I didn't get as many as I thought we would with the time frame we had, but we did get two in here. So um, first one we had was uh, from, uh, from Maine. Okay. Up in the stand. I think it's yeah. Maine. Um, Sean up there asked, uh, what the rule uh, for how much ventilation is needed in the attic? And I think we kind of answered that, but why don't you go ahead and – yeah. So how much yeah, definitely, Sean. The rule, the rule, good rule of thumb there. And Chris kind of already hit the nail on the head. Is just stick to the one for three. You know, one square foot for every three hundred square feet of attic. By no means do you have to go in there. You know, and, and baffle every single joist section. Um, again, it's vital to take that exterior perimeter lap around the house. You know, check for soffit vent in your overhang. Um, check for gable vents, ridge vents, off ridge vents, that kind of stuff. And then just make sure you, you know you're maintaining an adequate amount of ventilation so right. yeah and even you know being that it's already there chances are it was it, it already has adequate just maintain that yeah 
Now, I, I had one come in from the great state of Texas here, and his name is Bobby. Um, and Bobby said, and this is a really good question, actually. So Bobby said, he said, how, how do you make sure you are on two separate circuits when plugging up your machine and getting ready for the job? That's a good question. Yeah, and you know that, that tends to be the the main problem that usually you run into when somebody says my machine's not running right. It's yeah. in the circuits, and it's because they're on the same circuit. You need to have two separate circuits, and you know a lot of people go by the rule of all oh, plug it in, you know, plug the one plug in one part of the house and the other one in the opposite end of the house, and I'm, I'm yeah. on two circuits. You know that's that usually yep. works, right? <laughs> just just keep trying um, every different room. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a real a real easy way is um, you want to have access to the panel, right? The, uh, the the power panel there, so you can uh, the circuit breakers and everything. And go ahead and, and usually they're labeled. Sometimes they're not, but sometimes they're labeled. Yep. Say kitchen, and you can plug one into the kitchen, and then uh, you know if you're plugging in another one to the outside circuit or whatever it is, you plug it in there. Now, uh, I'm a huge fan of using the lighted uh, yeah, extension. Yeah, absolutely. So on the, on the end you plug into, and we, yep. we supply those um, uh, with, with our equipment and you can tell if it's on or not. So what I like to do is have both of them sitting there and then shut one of the circuits off. And when you do that, one of the lighted extension cords should go off and the other one should remain on. Then, you know, you have yep. two separate circuits. It's a real simple test. Yep, that is there. a great tip. No um, doubt. And, and the other thing you can, you know, you want to make sure you're plugging in. I, I think we kind of mentioned earlier the, the circuits that are on there. Um, you have a 20 amp circuit and 15 amp circuits. And really, the um, you're going to be best served with a 20 amp circuit on the agitator motor and 15 amp on the blower. Um, so finding finding the uh, 20 amp, you typically, you know, would find in a laundry room or a mud room or a kitchen. You know, even the um, you know the under sink food. What is the, that uh, called again? Garbage disposal. <laughs> garbage disposal. Think of yeah, food they... <laughs> from the Jetsons. But <laughs> but the uh, yeah the garbage disposal. A lot of people overlook that, but that's got that's usually a, a twenty to possibly thirty amp circuit there for the power. So it's uh, you could always unplug that and use that. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome, um, awesome information there. So, so Sean and Bobby, um, thanks for your questions. Uh, we'll get your uh, your tap swag pack, so to speak, on the way to you. Uh, and everybody else that's listening out there, um, you know, please feel free to ask us your questions, send them in, or different topics you may like us to discuss. Um, our email is podcast at tapinsulation dot com. And again, if we pick it, we use it. Uh, we'll we'll send you a sweet. A sweet tap gift pack. Chris may even pay for your trip to Hawaii. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, uh, stop with Hawaii <laughs> stuff. I'm not saying I can't. I couldn't go to Hawaii. Uh, I don't think. I, I don't, don't think go. anybody can anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's move into the next portion called Herd in the Field. <laughs> this is uh, real life stories that we've. Uh, either experienced or heard from folks like yourself. Um, Steven, I think. Yeah, no. So this, I got a good one. So I, uh, and this was kind of funny. This is, uh, some clients that we work with, but one of the, uh, one of the head technicians, he, you know, he, he had my cell phone number 
Um, and I had helped him kind of prep a few things for the job before him, but he, he called me, um, and he said, Hey, Stevens. I said, Hey, what's going on? He said, I'm up here in this attic. He said, things are going pretty good. But he said, you know, there, there tends to be a lot of, I'm seeing a lot of plastic in this insulation, a lot of white, you know, bag plastic. And I'm saying, huh, you know, that's, that is highly irregular, you know, for us. I said, you know, I said, what seems to be off? He said, I don't know. There's just a lot of large white plastic shreds running through up here. And I said, well, that's interesting. I said, well, you know, I said, how's, who's running the machine down there? He said, oh, you know, new, we got a new technician on board. He, he's down there. I, I got him trained. Everything's good to go. I said, well, hey, I said, I'll tell you what, does he have a cell phone with him? He said, he said, yeah, sure. I said, text me over that number. I said, let me give him a call. So, so I give this gentleman a call and uh, kind of going over a few things. I said, well, hey, how's it going? He goes, oh, it's going great. Doing a good job. He goes, you know, learned a lot, excited about this, good application. And I said, well, well ex explain to me your process. And he said, oh, well. He said he told me to, uh, you know, check out the machine. We've got our settings dialed in. We've done a few tests, and he goes, "I just I'm picking up those whole bags and throwing them in there, just like he just like he told me to." And I said, uh, "The whole bag, eh?" He goes, "Yep, I just picked the whole thing up and toss it right in there." I said, "It's you 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 got to make sure you cut the plastic wrapping off of the uh, <laughs> the cellulose there." He was just straight up tossing the full bags in there, letting them run, you know, right through the agitator time, shooting it right out the hose. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And wow. so I, I, well, please don't, please don't say yeah. the name of our customer doing that. I think we want right, to exactly. Well, it was a beginning. It was a start for these guys, but it was funny. I, I called the, the gentleman back up in the attic, and he said, you've got to be kidding me. No way. <laughs> so they got it taken care of, but it was, uh, that, one was that one was a fun one. Yeah, I mean, you you can't assume anything ever that someone knows how to do it. I, I've actually had that happen in the past, too, where guys thought that's all you did. Yeah. Just throw the whole bag in. And, oh, no, no, no. You got to take it out of the plastic. Anyway, that's uh, yeah. that's a good one. Um, well, hey, anyone else listening and you have stories for us, please send them in. We're, you know, we've been running these for a little while. We're, we're running a little shy. We're going to keep looking. Uh, could use your help. So send them over to us podcast at tapinsulation.com hey that'll do it for this uh yeah this no awesome that was fun Stevens. again we'll uh we'll try to keep them not so long but between podcasts no doubt yeah um so that'll do it for now everybody we will see you next time please uh like our podcast you'll get updated as uh, as soon as we have a new one up it'll let you know all right Until see then, you folks well. remember keep those feet on the joist